So when we were last with the two other people here in this room, which we will introduce in a moment, we were talking about the rules for being a good roommate. What were the three rules that we established? Chore wheel has to be a pet. And Aaron gets control of the TV all the time. You know, Aaron, I don't think that last one is actually correct. I feel like you've just implemented that one on recorded audio as a way to get what you I want. I mean, if we go back to the, the, the times, the the record says here that, oh, you know, yep, yep, Aaron gets control of the TV all the You're time. You're playing on the idea that I'm not going to release this other footage, and I may just do it to prove you wrong, because it was definitely not Aaron gets TV time. Uh, You know, my lawyer will be speaking to you about this. <laughs> that is to say, maybe we can provide more than just marriage advice today. Maybe we could provide roommate advice. Ooh, that would be interesting. I like it that at the end of the day, we do put something good back in the universe instead of just take it all piece by piece for ourselves. And destroy, and just instead of just destroying, creating as well. Well, I think that's the ethos of the universe so it's probably best that we abide by those laws as much as possible and she's elizabeth and he's Aaron, and, and we're, we're married, married to, to the, the idea. idea i kind of flowed a, a little, little bit a little flow i think because i'm so sick i am just riding the waves of day quill in my brain it's, it's a good thing i'm gonna be the moderator today it's a good thing i have two other people to carry my weight why don't we introduce them or they could just introduce themselves who else is here in the studio with us and we're actually in a studio, which is really nice right now. Ooh, I don't know. Oh, hey, what am I doing here? <laughs> this is not my house. <laughs> this what? isn't where I parked oh. my car. The hypnol wore off. I'm so confused. <laughs> well, well, hello there. Hello, stranger. People on the, the airwaves. My name is Ryan. I'm not from here. <laughs> no. This is a very strange place. I don't know where I am. Lots of shops and, and Spanish moss and the trees and... Lots of old white people and lots of other people who aren't interested in talking. I think it's because it's really cold outside. <laughs> Terrible place to make friends. <laughs> and I will say, no. Dreadful. Everywhere we walked, Ryan would be so nice and just like nod at people and say, hey, how's it going? Some people said hi, some people didn't. Like, none of them looked faster. at him. Yeah, it was, it was intense. He see, was the most friendly person I've ever encountered see, on the street. I was, I was outside for a whole of maybe 20 minutes and I ran into someone from like who grew up really close to where I was and we became kind of sidewalk friends. Do you know him from before? It was an older woman and no. <laughs> oh, who's, who's this voice now? Oh, hey, sorry. <laughs> my name is Sam. Um, uh, I live here. <laughs> he owns this a studio. house and I live. Yeah. No, we didn't break in. No, we are actually at the studios no, of Paige and Sam plan a wedding. Yes, I was only lightly coerced. You're coming at a very opportune time, speaking of Paige and Sam plan a wedding, because we are very close to wrapping it up. I don't know when this airs, but it might air around the same time our final episode or episodes are going to hit. So, um, yeah, obviously we've got some time now because we planned the wedding. We did the wedding. Now we're married. We know. We were there. It was great. Oh, thank you. And I'm so glad you guys could come on a serious note. It was a fun time. It was so awesome to get to sit there and watch you guys get married. It, like, I and cry. Oh, God, I cried. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, God. Instantly. Well, what we do is when the bride walks in, we love the bride, but we look at the groom. Because the groom just immediately breaks. Oh, yeah. And I was it's... standing right next to the groom. Oh, and so I heard good. it. It was like... <laughs> 
<laughs> Ryan, don't forget, you were standing next to him adjusting your suit accordingly as if babes were checking you out while they you were in the there. middle of their vows. And you're like, mm, no, because sure I, I noticed now. that my, my shirt was not peeking out the way I like it to. And, and like then, checking, and then know? you I, I like adjusted your. You get that, right? It's, yeah. It's weird. It makes you feel like you're wearing like a short sleeve underneath. And I was like, I want people to know I'm wearing a long sleeve. And then you adjusted your pants to make sure that they were over your shoes. No, you know what it is? You know what it is? Sam leaned over to me and he said, don't lock your knees. And I just got super like self-conscious like, ah, okay, I need to keep them on a bend. So that was like me. I was just like focusing on my knees for the entire time. But you didn't fall over. <laughs> no, I did not. Yeah, there you go. I've why, been to, why did you tell me that? Well, I've been to weddings and other places where like some one of the groomsmen will like lock his knees and like if it's really hot out or he gets really full of nerves, like I've seen dudes just like fall straight back. Groomsmen oh, will pass that out. never happened to me. <laughs> yeah, well, good. Be okay. grateful. Yeah, it's a I luck. mean, yeah, he just got into my head then. Now I feel like I was cheated. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen a lot of uh, fail videos where like dudes are like, go back and people go, lean back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> lean back. Yeah, lean was... back. Uh, eagle-eared listeners will recognize Sam's voice because him and his now lovely wife, Paige, were with us to talk about Avengers Endgame. Gosh, so oh, many episodes man. ago. I wish I was there for that. That was a very ambitious Ooh. crossover event. It was it was across three hundred miles and two different sets of recording equipment. It that it came together at all was a miracle. Yeah. But it did. And I think we cranked out some pretty good thoughts on that on that piece. I think so too. And yeah. then um you guys have never heard from Ryan, but you have heard about him from our last episode. He was in our sponsor dome. They've been talking about me behind my back. I that. <laughs> if you right. listen to their podcast like a true friend, you would have heard about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sip well, that tea, Sam. Got, Sip got, that tea. I got nothing that, for that's that. none of my business. I got nothing for that. <laughs> <laughs> I am literally drinking tea. Liz was uh, not just being super uh, catty right there. No, no. He actually, I wouldn't say it unless it was true. No, I'm uh, just drinking my water. And uh, this is not an affectation. This is deep husk voice i've got going on it's just me dying slowly into a microphone but i'm a trooper and i'm here for us to all talk about jojo rabbit oh what jojo a, and if we sound a, a little bit better than normal it's because <laughs> we are operating on this just like absolute alien ship motherboard of sam's like producer dj like absolute monstrosity got of so a many mixer. Pretty lights Sam bought it. this from DJ Khaled. He told me so. <laughs> I did. I got it from him. I'm like, okay, thanks, dude. He's like, you gonna make the best music! I said, another one. <laughs> Thank you. I said, no, I just wanted this one. <laughs> he kept get, him, to... get him another one. No, sir, Mr. Khaled. Uh, Mr. Can I call and you DJ? another one. No, Mr. K- I'm gonna That's call you three. DJ. DJ He's got three switchboards. I just want the one switchboard. I don't need the three. You Can... want one more? Another one. I, four. What, what am That'll I gonna be... do with four switchboards and sixteen inputs? That'd be I only $2, have like dollars. You can I... play yourself. <laughs> I just want the one. All right. Mr. Callis. This bit is going on a bit too long. That's why I'm here. I'm the moderator of today's festivities. It is not going to go well. You guys got to forgive me. Yeah, see, like I'm sitting there waiting for, like I'm watching Double Dutch, waiting for my ju- moment to jump in. And like, <laughs> maybe I can be part of the funniness. So maybe that, I can be part of the bit. And Liz is like, no, and takes a rope away from you too. That's my yeah, job. You guys got to reel really me in. The tradition at home when I'm hanging out with my friends is that once we get like a bit going, the tradition is we keep that going until it breaks. <laughs> oh, I was I was ready. I was like, with we you. We just keep pushing it and pushing it and getting way more ridiculous until like the entire <laughs> table's laughing and then until they stop laughing and then they're laughing again. <laughs> Such it as... goes around the corner. Oh yeah, bring it all the way back. It goes from being funny to not funny and then, and then comes right back around. Right. And it's so like we circle. all are part of the great circle of life. 
Wow. We're talking Jojo Rabbit. Oh, you are, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jojo Rabbit. Let's Jojo Rabbit. All right. We got to go first impressions, I think. So way back, before you even watched the movie, first impression of when you first saw the trailer for this movie, what was going through your head about this? Ryan. Oh, um, when I, I saw, okay, so I saw, I didn't even see the whole trailer, I saw a piece of it, and it looked like Wes Anderson meets, like, Inglorious Bastards. It was like, oh, Wes Anderson in, in, in Nazi-occupied Germany. I was like, oh, this looks like uh, Moonrise Kingdom. And then I saw Taika Waititi's playing Hitler, so I was like, okay, this is bizarre. <laughs> and I, um, <clears throat> I don't know, I didn't... It looked interesting. I didn't actually plan to see it. And, you know, I was just hanging out in um, in my room doing some work. And we had a Discord chat going with me and my friends. And he, one of my friends pulled up a stream. And he's like, oh, we're going to watch Jojo Rabbit. I was like, all right, cool. I'll watch it. Whatever. And, yeah, it kind of, like, pulled me in. I was multitasking at the beginning of it. And then I just kind of stopped paying attention to my work. And I was just watching this movie. I was, like, completely, like, riveted. I thought it was very, very interesting. Is that for when you saw the trailer or the full movie? The full movie. This is a full movie. You Which saw it online? I saw, yeah. Oh. Illegally. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, what did you think of it? You and Paige saw it, right? We did. Uh, when I first saw the trailer, I got, I'm, I'm glad to hear you say you got Wes Anderson vibes, Ryan, because I oh, felt yeah. something kind of similar. The color oh, yeah. palette, the composition, the kids in little uniforms. I was like, Moonrise the, the framing as well, the, the shot composition. 100%. Yeah. yeah. See, I never a, saw Moon, Moonrise Kingdom, but I definitely saw um, Grand Budapest Hotel. Yeah. I definitely got those vibes for sure. Yeah, it They're was all um, the same. In yeah, it looked great, it. and then um, I, I saw Taika Waititi was uh, he was the director and the writer, and he's acting in it. I'm like, this is gonna be amazing. I had been kind of aware of Jojo Rabbit before I saw the trailer because I always check the message boards on like, you know, what movie should you watch for this year that could make runs during awards season, and I saw Jojo Rabbit pop up in a description back in like April mm. and it was saying like, okay, it's like about a kid in Nazi Germany whose best friend is imaginary version of Adolf Hitler played by Taika Waititi. I'm like, so sold. sold. Yeah. I am so there. <laughs> and that's funny that you should mention that because like one, one thing that I, I learned in this book on, on screenwriting is you, the very first thing they teach you is like, and if you're writing a story, you got to have one, a good title. And then two, your log line has to be, extremely short concise and it has to make the person who reads the log line say yeah i'll watch that i gotta watch that what was the log line for jojo i missed it i can't remember you just like gave a really good yeah, log line there a kid oh, was that not the official log line no a kid it comes of age synopsis. in war war torn wartime germany with taika watiti as adolf hitler the phrase being thrown around friends. on the internet is an anti-hate satire that is a great way to describe Ooh, it. Ooh, I like that. It uses one of the most hateful things to ever hit the human race and kind of make it funny. Yeah, I think that it's really important. Like, I think there's a reason why this movie came out now. Like, if we go back through it, we've got The Great Dictator. We've got The Producers. Um, we have all these movies that have taken Hitler to comedic levels. And I think there's a reason that it got made again just this last year. There's a definite vibe to the world that says... It's time once again to delve into this to see where we can take this. Oh, sure. And I think Taika said, said as much in an interview, and Mel Brooks has said this a million times, like Adolf Hitler deserves and needs to be made fun of because when he's made fun of, he loses his power, of course, and also it keeps reminding people who he was and what he did and what he stood for. 
the more we're reminded of that, the least or the less likely we are to repeat that. Yeah. That's... But unfortunately, you know, some people don't listen, but we can still try. Well, okay. Uh, so, Sam, you bring up a really good point that we were going to get to later, but I think we should just jive into it now since you already did it. Jive right in. Um, does... The jive? Is comedy the best way to attack who Adolf Hitler was? There are some people... Um, and again, when I say these things, I'm saying them as a moderator, not as personal opinions. There are some people who say that to trivialize Hitler is to trivialize the atrocities committed. But if you take a Mel Brooks approach, uh, humor is what robs Hitler of his posthumous power. There's this idea that if you do a drama about Nazi imagery like American History X um, or um, other scenes that are taken seriously in a dramedy, uh, in a drama, that they get appropriated by far-right, white supremacy, nationalist, Nazi movements because isn't it kind of cool and badass the way it's framed? No matter what the movie's saying, how it's Edgy. framed. Yeah, isn't it cool? But no one ever like adopts Springtime for Hitler as the Nazi anthem. I don't think, Springtime personally, I don't think a movie can create someone. I don't think a, a, a movie could... That, I don't think media in general, I just think, has the power to influence someone totally like that i think if if you say like a movie made me want to do xyz you had that in you from beginning like i I don't i don't believe that a piece of media can influence someone to do something or become something sure but someone with that in them already if they see it and keep getting reaffirmed i think it can further justify and help them build those neural pathways to action absolutely but it's not the movie's fault it, no, no. It's n- no, that's what Liz is, mm. this isn't what Liz is saying. She's yeah. saying more along the, the lines of... Is humor the best way to... Humor is the way. Okay. Yeah. Because uh, like whether or not... Oh, sorry. Yeah, because the same video also said there's certain subjects about World War II that you do not touch. Holocaust, you do not touch. Um, and like you don't... Well, if you, if you apply Mel Brooks's ethos, he said the one thing he would, you know, he would never actually derive humor in the hanging of a black man. It's only funny when he escapes the gallows. He would never find humor in a concentration camp. And he actually hated Life is Beautiful for doing that because it's impossible. You can't get over that experience. Yeah. So I think the the question isn't whether movies influence to do things. It's rather which is the best way to attack a person of inconceivable horror. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Whether humor is the most of, uh, is the best way to do it. I I'm not I'm not you know I can't say I'm just I mean, a guy with a microphone. But I do think humor is the most effective way. To do it because you take something as atrocious as the Holocaust, uh, a person as atrocious as Adolf Hitler, and you do what Mel Brooks or Taika have done and you've just infantilized him, you feminize him, you just strip him of his power. That juxtaposition is super effective because he's one of the most diabolical men in history. You make him childlike and you make him just kind of like this wimpy little whatever um, that that really goes a long way in a simple term. Well, I think we're, we're straying a little bit uh over the intention you know i don't think yeah i think it's a byproduct that it makes hitler look like like an idiot obviously but i think that's just a byproduct of what the story is doing because it's a child and well the main character is a child and his imaginary friend is adolf hitler of adolf hitler and what would a 10 year old's version of hitler, adolf hitler be and it would be like this Apparently. it's obviously not actually hitler because it's a imaginary character so it just falls into the byproduct of you know making fun of him without actually making fun of him because the hitler portrait is not the hitler in the universe it's this child's version of hitler and i think it works as well because we are also seeing like uh 
we're getting like a first person view of the Nazi propaganda and what they were teaching and how they were indoctrinating people, how they were brainwashing people. And it's funny how brainwashing comes up a lot in the movie with the Jews are brainwashing me or controlling our minds and stuff like that when it's really mm-hmm. the Nazis doing it. And what to me was funny was looking back on it now and the lies that they were spreading about the Jews are so ridiculous, but people believed it back in the day. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like falling into this parody of Hitler as, as, as Hitler and the Nazi regime parodied the Jews. So does Taika Waititi parody Hitler in his portrayal of him. It's interesting you say that Ryan, because I get the distinct impression from the way that the Nazis are portrayed, uh, the, the Nazis in power in this film that they know that the Jews don't have any of these things, like that they're all just symbols. They're all ways to keep them as an other. Like when they look at his book that he's been researching and learning about, and then I'm like, oh yeah, absolutely, that's true. You get the sense that everyone in power knows that they really aren't like that. Uh Look at this. The the devil is controlling the brain. It's funny because it's true. Oh, I think that's (laughs) that's just like, that's like a riff on, it's like parodying them. Mm -hmm. You know, I think... I don't know. It, it, it's interesting. I don't know how they were thinking about the Jews back in the day. You know, like if some people might have believed some of that crazy stuff. But, you know, obviously it's it's being exaggerated for the sake of comedy because this is a comedy that we're watching. So it's it's fun to see people act a little bit ridiculous or a little bit over the top on things like that. Well, Ryan brings up another point that I was actually interested in asking Aaron about. Uh, oh, no, we're playing telephone here. Uh, Ryan talks about the intended audience for this. Uh, and there's a lot of reviews that bolster his claim that this movie isn't targeted at adults at all. That this movie, because it is from the perspective of a 10-year-old boy, that it's actually made for a much younger audience, a young adult sort of audience to look at and to see how this kind of thing can start and spread and how to be more aware of it in their own world that it's important that it's from this young child's perspective it's hard to say that coming of age stories are for the children that are coming of age i would never say that that kind of story is not for children because i could see a child watching this and enjoying it would i let my child watch this necessarily at a certain age probably how old your child how old is your child in this? You know, that's the See, thing. that's the thing. Like, maybe if they're 13, 14... Like, I a 13-year-old maybe wouldn't yeah. sit through Schindler's List, but they could sit through this. Uh, that yeah. is what we spoke about last night. It's like, we need stories like this that tell the same story, but package it differently so that more people see it, more people are exposed to what happened in a different way. Yeah, and the thing is, too, is like, I, the child uh, in, this, uh, in this book is... Um, sorry, in this movie, is 10. I would not let a 10-year-old watch this. Mm-hmm. Not because they co- they would not be able to understand everything that's going on. It's just I think it's a little too much for a 10-year-old. I, I would let... I uh, sorry to cut you off. I would let... If I had a 10-year-old, I'd let them watch it. Yeah, I disagree. There's, I think the parts that they wouldn't understand that might go over their head, I think that would make them ask the questions, and that could start a serious dialogue yeah. well, about, ins- yes, it's funny, but also the things that they're parodying are serious, and that's why we must joke about them now. Well, and, that's, and that's the thing, too, is, is like there are 13-year-olds who would not be mature enough to watch this, and there would be 10, 10-year-olds old enough, or excuse me, mature enough to watch this. I, I understand that, but there there are subject matters that I, that I just wouldn't be comfortable. Like, there, 
between I think there the are ages, two parts. Like, like there's only two parts that really would like I think would mess up with a ten year old, mm. and it's like like the rabbit and the the people hanging in the square. Like I think those are just two like too visually foom so for a 10 year old and honestly it's not in a graphic way it's not very classy yeah i'm thinking back to myself that i wouldn't call it classy but it's definitely you have to remember we saw mufasa die oh we did we did shit was rough and that was we saw the implications that mufasa died we did not see him get trampled we did see the dead body though we saw the dead body now that was some Punch sorry. I saw Bambi's mom get shot. If you are trying shot. to water down Mufasa's death for me, you're going to have a hard time selling me on that, Aaron. <laughs> I, I'm not trying to water down anything. I'm trying to say that was as least pulled punches that Disney did, but it's still a Disney-fied death. Uh, what I'm what I'm saying is, is there are some things in this that like I as a nearly 30-year-old was like shocked at. Not like not like, oh this movie should not have gotten made. This movie was incredible, which um you, well, that's no, we didn't get to that point. Um, <laughs> yeah, and actually said whether you yeah. like it or not. I think yeah. one of the other aspects of this film that... Should we get into spoiler territory? I, we usually after... try to say that for after the, the sponsors okay. and everything. Yeah, okay. we'll try to be good. Well, one of the other aspects of this film I really appreciated is, it, like you said, Ryan, it does touch on the way they use propaganda to push a message and rally people to their cause. And we see that same thing happening today with yeah. all the false information and misinformation mm-hmm. being getting pumped around. You see, especially young white men in America getting radicalized from this propaganda. Yeah. And th- all the more reason a story like this needs to be told so we can see how absurd it is yeah. and apply it to what's happening right now. Yeah, it's like a cautionary tale. Almost. It is a cautionary yeah. tale done through a comedy. They even tell the young boy that you're not a Nazi you're a kid who likes to put on a uniform and join a club. You want to join a club. You want to feel like you belong somewhere. And don't we all? Yeah. yeah. And, you know, sadly, sometimes the people who white accept you into their club don't have the noblest intentions. Oh, yeah. And they and th- prey on your desperation or your, oh, your intentionally. feeling. Everybody from street level them. gangs yeah. to ISIS have used the exact yeah. same tactics. Yeah. yeah. You know? Like that, even that cult mentality is pretty permeated in this kind of stuff. And the thing is, is Ryan and I were actually talking about it this morning because I watched half of it last night and half of it this morning, um, that you could essentially kind of take this uh, movie and mirror a little bit. It's not like a full on, hey, this is what's happening in America right now, because it's not. It's, you know, World War Two, you know, your or excuse me, Germany. But there are certain aspects of this where you kind of like there are parallels. Yeah, there are definitely some parallels that you can draw from you know, this to America. And it's not like, like, Hey, we need to change some things. It's just like, Hey, this happened. And you like, you know, yeah, it's a funny comedy, but at the same time, yeah. Remember how that actually kind of happened. Um, look at what you're doing. Think before you tweet that. Do you really believe every single brown skinned person crossing the border is carrying 20 pounds of cocaine on them? Unlikely. They'd be a lot richer. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) They wouldn't need to cross the border. They got it. They're they're all carrying twenty pounds of cocaine and getting rich off of it. Yet they're stealing the jobs. They trick or Yeah. Uh, oh. There's something else I want to talk about when we talk about this idea of um, good on both sides. Um, does anyone um feel like the portrayal of several of the prominent Nazi characters as we pass from Act One to Act Two? Do we feel like them getting redemption arcs in general 
weakens the idea that there isn't really true bad or true good. I absolutely loved it. I thought it was very poignant and I I don't think it's a story we hear enough. I think we just see all the Nazis that took part as like pure evil and we forget sometimes that there were some of them that had to do it and were not fans of it, didn't want to be there and were just oh, yeah. doing their duty. Like, you know. Stephen Merchant made the point by saying like when those when the, he came in in his scenes, can I talk about a scene? Oh, should we do spoiler warnings N- for people? No, that th- okay. That, well, you I, see him in the preview, so okay. I would say that. Like, okay, well, in the preview, you see Steve Merchant dressed as a Gestapo officer. He was talking about how when not the Nazis came into power and they started appointing all these different officers, military, police, you know, Gestapo, whatever, a lot of them were just kind of like mid to low level government bureaucrats. Like he's pointing to some guy like this Gestapo guy in the back. He could have been an accountant before. Like these guys don't really know everything going on, but here they have with the power of life and death and they're just like told what to do. And they're like, okay, I I guess. What are we doing? There's um, a phrase called the banality of evil. And it's also a book about the Nuremberg trials where they talk about when they tried Nazis and they brought in psychologists, tons of psychologists, to look at them. Surely they must be monsters. They must be just evil, deranged men. And every time they'd come up and back and say, no, like, they're not deranged. They're not psychotic. They literally were people who thought that they had to, that they had to follow the law. And yeah. they did it. And they hold no accountability for the cruel and inhumane actions they did because it was the law. And that's the true like terror I think of it is that it's so banal that it's not just evil, bad, insane person. It's just a bunch of people who thought, well, I, I have to. It's yeah. yeah. Now certainly there were people that you could categorize as like very much evil and in it for the wrong reasons, like oh, yeah. white supremacy but, or whatever. But there were a lot of I think people who were just kind of roped into it without a choice and just trying to do what they could. Yeah. The or, thing is, like I've heard, uh, is that I think. It's a mistake to look at Hitler as a monster because if you look at him as a monster, then you are unable to see the new Hitler coming because you're expecting this person to be a monster. And he's not. Hitler like dogs, you know? It's, it's widely known. So it's kind of like if you demonize someone to this point where they're like in your head, this, 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 this caricature of themselves Mm -hmm. then in current day you can't see the monsters because they don't they don't look like that in real life yeah he won a lot of people over and he was elected to power he didn't didn't seize it by force exactly he uh he actually hated when people would smoke around him and he didn't allow it yeah yeah people you need to think about these guys as humans and i I actually heard um one of these gurus that I, i listened to on youtube um he was talking about hitler and he said that um uh, Hitler, um, he's at like a, they, if Hitler hit, if Hitler didn't become Hitler, someone else would have become Hitler because there were a lot of people at that time sharing his sentiments, but Hitler became Hitler because he actually was really good at management, motivation, and, um, didn't get into art school, getting stuff done. <laughs> like, yeah, well that too, but it's the fact that he, he was able to rally people. He was charismatic so it's mm-hmm. not the fact that he hated Jews and he was a racist. It was the fact that he hated Jews and he was a racist, but he was also all these other things required for him to get to this level. And if he didn't get there, some people, somebody else would have would have 
taken up the mantle. And what Germany point. was left with after World War One, with their economy in shambles and literally nowhere else to go. Yeah, mm-hmm. and the when after World War One, they literally had nowhere to turn. Like their country was just so broken that they were looking for anybody yeah. to help them out. And and war st- stimulates economies sometimes. There you go. So. Um, yeah, I, I think we're about ready for the Sponsor Dome. Um, so we'll just go ahead and, and uh, this is going to be a pretty impromptu sponsorship because uh, I don't have my normal stuff in front of me. But today's stuff, our uh, longtime sponsor has been Audible. You can download a title free today um, if you go to audible.com slash married to the or audibletrial.com slash married to the idea. And you can uh, download a title free uh, with that link and um, it will and get a 30-day trial membership. We're actually pretty lucky today because the movie that we're talking about does have a book. It was based on a book. Yeah. Um, And we'll talk a little bit more about this because Ryan and I actually discussed this a little bit earlier um, today um, about the the difference between the book and the movie, um, which I thought was actually a really neat kind of point. But the book is Caging Skies by Christine Lewins. Lunins, I think, and it's narrated by Tim Bruce, and it's about nine, just under ten hours, and you can get it for free at audibletrial.com/slash married to the idea. And our sponsors that we are going to, uh, we're actually going to let our guest uh, speakers, you guys, can each talk about one thing that you're really like excited, proud, working on, and want to share with the audience. Like, what's something that you want to throw into the sponsor dome that you just want to share that you're doing? Um, well, hi, uh, Ryan, as I said before, I have an, <laughs> I have an illustration Instagram I've been pushing, uh, Ryan James dot art. Um, I've really just been working on my craft right now. I'm working on a comic and I, I feel kind of, I feel like a phony talking about it right now because I'm still in like the pre-production planning phase of the script. I have so. seen all your planning, Ryan. If this thing, <laughs> this thing will come to fruition with all the amount of note cards and book yeah. reading that you have done to get this thing going. Yeah, I'm, I'm taking it real serious. I've had many starts and stops with different comics, and each time I've learned something different. The main thing I've learned is don't start drawing till you have a good script. <laughs> That's a big mistake. <laughs> so right now I'm just call. I'm really doubling down on the script right now. Make sure the script is solid and the story is good and a story worth telling and, and that sort of thing. Awesome. So. And what's the website again, Ryan? Ryan James dot arts on Instagram. If you so, want to follow him, so his stories me. are very fun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's all about my trip right now. So you guys could you're gonna catch see, that stuff. You're going to see some risque stuff if you join today, which you won't because you won't hear this. Yeah, you won't hear edited. this right now. This is live. <laughs> you can do anything you want for the next week, but then they come. They come yeah, for yeah. you. <laughs> uh, Sam, what do you want to talk about? You know, um, like I said, I had a podcast with my now wife for a, a year um, now that that natural conclusion has come we're we're kind of on a break right now creatively well i am Paige still has her hand lettering and calligraphy business Paige fernberg design i'm just doing my thing taking a breather i'm maybe looking at other podcasting avenues um if you got ideas i'm open to them yeah that would be a great thing yeah we want to hear we've been talking a lot about a bunch of ideas because you have the equipment you've got to do something waste you got to do something (laughs) well i'll do something you know i got all this stuff i got this studio i want to keep it up but uh you know what that is it's got to be the right thing Ah, agree the time that this is coming out i do imagine that your post moratorium on your wedding will also be out so if you guys want to catch the podcast finale of uh page sam plan a wedding now would be the time to go and check that out 
And I thought that you like I said, lots of good advice and lots of good guests to talk about it with. Yeah, I think so too. We were really lucky in that we're at an age where most of our friends, present company included, except Ryan, um, <laughs> are married. So a lot of people have gone through it. So we're like, well, what was their experience? What can we glean from it? What things can we avoid? You know? And I think a lot of it was very helpful. We knew exactly what direction we wanted to go. And I think if I say so myself, my own wedding was a blast. I think it went pretty darn good. All right. Round Robin, what was the favorite part of Sam and Paige's wedding? Oh, my goodness. What was Aaron, your favorite part? Oh, of course, you got to start yeah, with Yeah, I start me. with you. <laughs> um, I loved the streamers uh, that we shook at the end instead of doing like rice or anything like that. I thought that was really neat. And it's, it even becomes a nice little keepsake, too. It's way easier to clean up, yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Without a doubt. Ryan, what was your favorite part? I like the suit. <laughs> yeah, Ryan was one of my groomsmen, and he, um, me and the guys all wore, like, we, we got rental yeah. blue suits from a rental place, which I shouldn't name by name because of the legal stuff. Is that a thing? Question mark? Sure. Just sure. Take, take a wild guess. What very common national <laughs> suit rental chain <laughs> is there use? that guarantees you're going to like the way you look? That's where we got it. I think I just, I like, I like dancing as well. Dancing is pretty fun. Dancing is for free yeah. people. I was very surprised at just the, the number of people who were very enthusiastically dancing. Normally, you got to, it's like pulling teeth getting people out there, but you were all on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, and the, and the funny thing is, especially at the beginning, there was a good mix between like the older crowd and the younger crowd. It was yeah. not just the younger crowd. Near the end, it was just the younger crowd. <laughs> That's why we saved like the rap songs for later in the night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there was one point when like a, a 90s song popped on and the dance were cleared out like of everybody. But then like uh, I, he pulled on another song and it came right back. So it was, it was interesting to watch this like and disperse. Yeah. Now come back together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Paige is such a plant mama, so all of the centerpieces were gorgeous, and <laughs> the food was fantastic. Oh, my God. That uh, food. And, uh, of course, uh, stealing our idea from a photo booth, which is the highest form of flattery. So I will take that. Got to hey. have a photo booth at your wedding. They Every, work. They everybody's work. doing that now. It's not just them. It wasn't just us. It's we adorable. stole it from my uncle, so it wasn't like just... It keeps going. Yeah, Liz. Ryan, yeah, Columbus. Ryan's going to steal it next. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't even have to catch the garter. You're next. Mm-hmm. That's the other thing we knew we didn't want to do. We didn't want to do a bouquet yeah, toss or a garter. Yeah, we didn't do a bouquet toss or a garter. But what's up with that? Because we didn't they're, either. Because they're dumb, you know? They're super dumb. No, offense, mean, to, no offense to anyone out there who did it. If you want to do that at your wedding, that's fine. They feel like they got to fight for it. Yeah, and I'm short. So all the time it's like, I guess I got to go out there. Plus, at this stage of our lives, most people we know are married. So if we did that, it'd be like three people. Per round. I guess that's true. A lot of people are married. Mm-hmm. And one yeah. one-year-old yeah. was your flower bearer. <laughs> yeah. Actually, two of your best men, uh, groomsmen, would have gone. Because Todd, yeah, Todd, he's not. Yeah. That is true. No, Russ is married. Oh, that's true, right? Yeah. Russ yeah. is married. So me and Todd. Yeah. Yeah. That would have been funny. Russ is very <laughs> so married. He's been married nine right. years. Yeah, he's, he's been married age. longer than most people. <laughs> yeah, he, he could barely have a drink legally after his own wedding. That's how young they were. <laughs> yeah, I was at that one. <laughs> they, they got married in a church Americans. and the reception was in the gym because like Ross worked at the church at the time. So they got a good deal on it. And Ross said, hey, guys, I'm not thrilled about this, but church policy, we're not going to have any alcohol yep. at the reception. Yep. I was like, oh, 
Well, I, pardon my yeah. French, but yeah. that is bullshit. So <laughs> me and the other groomsmen had like flasks, flasks. like multiple flasks oh. in our jacket. Just like like, like, <laughs> like pirates, uh, like different yeah. one shots on each one. Yep. We went to a Quaker wedding and we just took people back in front to our from our cars under umbrellas because it was raining to the mm. c- trunk, which had all the liquor in it. And just Did you say a Quaker drinks. wedding? Yes. Quaker wedding. Quaker wedding. Like Quaker oats. Quaker is a religion. Quakers get Americans. Married. Holy crap. It is a uniquely... Not uniquely, but it's a predominant. It's predominantly in America, I think. Quakers, right? You're yeah. allowed to talk and give advice during the wedding England. ceremony to the couple. It's was, high. Really it's it's high emotional. Uh, I actually went. To, I was a uh, in a wedding uh, for a buddy of mine, and he is a Quaker. Uh, no, he uh, asked. He's like, "Hey, does anyone have a flask?" All four of us, including the best man, <laughs> pull out a flask, and then later on. At lunchtime, the wife of one of the other groomsmen goes, so where's your food for lunch? We're like, what food for lunch? And because the bridal suite had breakfast, brunch, and lunch. <laughs> Ours too. And in the groomsman's suite had nothing. This, yeah. this wife of the groomsman, God save her soul, ran to Zaxby's and grabbed like, like the big chicken tinder platter and like we scarfed that thing down. We don't were starving. Because I don't know who was supposed to plan it, but it, we were not told to plan it. And uh, that, is, that is one of those things you forget to do because I didn't think of that until a few days before the wedding. Luckily, Paige's mom threw together those snack bags we had. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. But, and, and then Paige's room had everything. Yeah, they had little had finger sandwiches. They had, strawberries. They like, had champagne. They had, I'm like, well, what are we, chopped liver? And they had the bigger part of the hotel suite. We had the bedroom part. Yeah. Barely enough that's room bullshit. to stand. We weren't invited to the first look. The bridesmaids were there. <laughs> And they just forgot about the groomsmen because, like, there was like an a time like, oh, Poor they're shit. gonna do go do. Wait, you pictures. guys had a first look? No, like you had a plan. At his friend's wedding. Oh, at the, his friend's no, wedding. At oh, the friend's sorry, wedding. Sorry. Yeah, My bad. yeah. Like the um the bride uh, the groom leaves the room and he is gone for like two hours and we're just kind of like, okay, does anyone know? Did he leave? No, he oh, didn't leave. Long and, ass first look. Oh, photos too. I guess. Yeah, it was it was yeah. it was for photos. And then they're like, oh, they might do the first look. And then he comes back. He's like. Where have you guys been? We're like, we've been here. He's like, oh, we just did the first look. We're like, you suck. So this first look thing, is this like a Southern thing? Is it a... It's more of a modern wedding thing. It is a way to get the photos done before the wedding thing. Exactly. Because normally, like, it's very important the moment, like, the first time you see your bride in her dress ready to rock. Right, because I'm a a traditionalist, and it's like, yeah, it's bad luck to see the wedding, a bride before the wedding. We didn't see each other before the wedding, me and Aaron. Yeah. We did did it, not a first look, but we talked to each other before the wedding, and then... Um, which was supposed to be just the two of us. And somehow there was like 16 freaking people in this area that was around us. And it was kind of weird when that happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that was, it still was nice. But then, yeah. When, yeah. Like, I even turned around I so I wouldn't see her yeah, until she was a certain... I think, yeah, I think it's, it's romantic. Yeah, that, you know. that is, but for convenience sake, it's nice to not have to run off and do something after you're hopped up on adrenaline. You just said, I do. You're married and like, you're just, people are trying to tell you where to go and you're like, what, I, what is that? What is left? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Never been I, easier I think, to smile than after I got married. I think it's <laughs> fun. Yeah, my original intent was that we would do the photos beforehand, which we did. Then we would do the wedding and then the, the cocktail hour after that, that's when we would shake hands with everybody. Right. That way during dinner, no one's fucking with me. 
Because yeah. I want my mac and cheese. <laughs> that was some good ass mac and cheese. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you. Yeah. And, and it see, was cavatappi noodles and it had gouda in it and then something yellow. And see, yeah, what happens is like there's a big ass bunch of time when people are just sitting there and you, you as a groom or a bride is just not doing anything, just yeah. waiting for the time to start because you've gotten ready. And what a lot of uh, modern couples have done is like, okay, let's get the first look out of the way. And, and it's a lot more intimate when you do it that way too. Yeah. You get the first look out of the way. You do pictures. You do pictures together where it's just the two of you. It's usually in like, especially if you have an afternoon wedding, you get really good lighting with that too. And then you can do other fun pictures. You can even do pictures like how you guys did with your parents. You get those out of the way. You don't have to worry about them between the two. Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't it nice to just go drink after we went down the aisle? It was. It was. But okay. So I I think what I'm getting at is so we started the wedding was really late as well. Like, well, the pictures was like two. Yeah. So like at home, the wedding happens early in the morning. Well, not like super early, just in the morning. So the, the ceremony happens in the morning. Then the ceremony is over. Then the bride and the whole party go take pictures somewhere if they're going somewhere else. And then they come back like in the afternoon and then they party until morning. Nice. Usually. So See, that's awesome. If I could have afforded to rent out the space mm-hmm. that long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would have done it. Yeah, no, I get it for the, <laughs> the, for the sake of, you know, your needs and what was possible. I get it. It works. But, we yeah. did it by implementing a giant ass break. So we did it. Yeah, because you guys didn't have dinner. You guys had dessert. And you mm-hmm. went all out on dessert. So we got married at two and then said, bye, everybody. See you in four hours. Go handle yourselves. We'll, yeah. have, we'll catch you with drinks and dessert. There's an interesting way to do it. Very interesting way to do but it. But that gave us plenty of time to find the reception venue. Eons of I was time. like, where are we going? Luckily, yeah. I was not driving. And instead of having to find it within like half an hour or even an hour and getting lost. No hustle. Just Even though you had two to three hours, my grandparents still almost got lost. They drove all the way to Kentucky before realizing yeah, they were like, what it They was. were on the highway to, to Kentucky oh. with my father in their driver's he seat. He should have known. He did. He my, this is how stubborn my grandfather is. My God. Wouldn't take advice. Yep. Oh, your poor dad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so jumping back that to the movie. Yeah, oh, yeah. That was a mini episode of Ryan and Sam and Elizabeth and Aaron plan a wedding. <laughs> <laughs> That's coming your this, sequel. Coming this fall to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Oh, reminds really. me. Uh, Sponsored by Round Space. <laughs> uh, speaking of which, Plug Party, you can find us oh, online yeah. at... Uh, Marriage of the Idea. Wait, pl- sorry, plug party? Plug party. That sounds very sexual. It is, highly. <laughs> you can find us online at marrytotheidea.weekly.com. Oh, no, I got what you meant. Please stop staring. making gestures. No one on the podcast Invite is listening me to can the hear plug that. Party. <laughs> We're all in the plug party. <laughs> you can find us on Facebook at Marriage to the Idea. All right, lube me up. <laughs> you can email us at marriedtheideareviews at gmail.com. If it's you not didn't going hear, in. If you didn't hear any of that because all of these people are immature, you can just Google Married Un-crunch. the Idea. We're on SoundCloud I'm and iTunes. Nervous. Spoiler Town. We're Spoiler allowed town. to spoil now. Jojo Spoiler Town. Spoilers ahead. I did if you love. have not seen it, Turn back now. Here's my spoiler I want to share. This movie set the record for the most number of times the word Heil Hitler was said within a 10 minute Amazing. span. Mm-hmm. I'm not surprised with that, that <laughs> scene. Without that was so good. Heil Hitler! Heil Hitler! Heil Hitler! Heil Hitler! You're speaking of um, the, uh, that scene. scene. That scene. Could, yeah. um, well, Michael, dude, do it. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm trying to remember his name. Michael. Um, no, it's um, no. Stephen Merchant. Stephen Merchant. It's, yeah, I got the first and last name or initials mixed up. Stephen Merchant actually uh, said on record that he 
imagine his character, those characters, uh, as like low level bureaucrats who got a little bit of power and it immediately went to their heads, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. <laughs> like went crazy with power. Oh, so that's wow. why they're like, even like normally probably Gestapo were like super creepy. That's why they were like even more ewy. They yeah. played them very well, like almost like uh, cartoon villains in a mm-hmm. way. Especially mm-hmm. like there's that one shot where he walks up to. Um, this, the, the Sam Rockwell. Captain K. Captain K. Captain K. K. And he actually lurches down a bit yeah. to look at him because he's so tall. Perfect yeah. casting, by the way. <laughs> so I wonder if he's wearing heels to be He was taller. actually, he was on an Apple box. You know, it I had to be. It had to be. Yeah. Yeah. He is be. much taller. But he but is very tall. To make it even funnier, and yeah. he was yeah. taller, they put him on a platform. Brilliant. So, and I think there was another reason why he was like hovering over him, over, over Captain K and um, his subordinate. Because it's a, it's a power my theory has been confirmed. Oh, Jesus Christ. There we go. oh come on. Let's hear it. Aaron's a theory man. Um, that Captain K and his subordinate, played by the gentleman from Game of Thrones, I only know his first Alfie name. Alfie Allen. Alfie Allen, um, were actually an item. Yes, call that too. Oh, oh. they definitely were. Was that that was? It wasn't. It was, it was subtle. Was, it was subtle. It, it was very subtle. I, was subtle. I wouldn't call that subtle. I thought it was pretty subtle. I yeah. only really got it mm-hmm. on the scene where he like yells at him and he's like. I'm very sorry. I, I know I shouldn't have yelled at you. It's okay. They're very confusing names. Like, yeah, I, then they looked at each other for like yeah, 10 seconds and leaned in. They definitely that was not subtle at all. <laughs> that, <laughs> that scene was, that was the, the They least beat you subtle. over the head with it. The reason I know it's confirmed uh, is because they say in the, the trivia, uh, in the last scene, when you see the two of them together and like in the very garish outfits, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. they both have pink triangles, which was the Nazi symbolism for homosexuals. Yellow stars were Jewish people. Pink triangles were homosexuals. Mm-hmm. I'd like to point out that that was not a goofy costume. He unlocked the legendary loot box. <laughs> <laughs> he, got, he got a really good drop. <laughs> he got a good skin. That's plus 10 defense. Legendary skin. And he still got bodied. That's a shame. Yeah. Yeah. That's What does that tell you? The skins don't matter. Yeah. <laughs> he was so, carrying his team. Yeah. Yeah. Like literal, that was such a fucking epic literal shot, ten year old playing that. Call of Duty out there. I love. <laughs> Do you that see that shot, American though. over there? Go give him a big hug. Big hug. Go give him a hug. <laughs> like that. That hit Elizabeth, me. Elizabeth's face when that was priceless. Her jaw <laughs> dropped. Like that hit me hard in the heart, and then I laughed hard. It was like. What's what's that actress's name again? Rebel Wilson. Rebel Wilson. Wilson. She was brilliant. I thought she was hilarious. You know who I really want to give a shout out to? I want to give a shout out to a to little Archie Yates, the kid who plays Yorkie. Yorkie was awesome. So adorable. Yes. It's like, it's a terrible time to be a Nazi right now. Yeah. (laughs) Our only friends right now are the Japanese. And between you and me, they don't look very Aryan. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he blew his brains out. (laughs) Apparently, he was doing some shady things behind our backs. (laughs) Oh, you got a Jewish girlfriend? That's wonderful. Here, help me carry this. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, Jojo. Oh, no, I just blew that up. No, he was brilliant. Bless him. It brilliant. seems I can't die. <laughs> I must be immortal. Every, every actor in that movie under the age of twenty or twenty-five just crushed it. You know who else crushed it? Everybody. Scarlett Johansson. Oh, 100%. Scarlett Johansson, killer in this role. I don't like, know. Absolutely. Any moms out there, or moms soon to be? That's mom goals right there. She was a great mom. I thought she played oh, yeah. that role really well. Oh yeah, so the adorable, di- so lovable. The director Loved actually it. said this is a love letter to his mom, and what what you and I talked about earlier today that this is actually an interpretation of the story that his mom told of this book. Yeah. So mm. apparently, he said that um, 
you know, it's based on a book. I didn't know that until, you know, a while after watching it. But he said that before he read the book, his mom told him about the book. And he came up with the idea of the movie based on his mom's interpretation of it. And then when he read the book, he was like, eh, I kind of like the way mom told it better. So he actually mm. used more of how he how is how he interpreted it from his mom versus how he read it from the book, which is Aww. pretty funny. That's sweet, too. Yeah. Yeah. Scarlett Johansson's oh my God, role in this so was good. so powerful like she was that crazy aunt that everyone has that speaks in like the weird riddles and and like always smells like of like bad tea but you really you just love to be around them and she was so enticing in every single scene i could not draw my eyes away from her and the writing for her character was top notch she was just a very fun and playful character and I haven't been to Germany yet, but I know um, I know one German uh, woman that I used to work for, and she reminded me of her because she was very quirky, like, especially the scene where um, she ties his shoes together and he falls. He's like, what <laughs> happened to you, man? You're drunk? <laughs> <laughs> because it was really funny because I was asking, um, I'm thinking of making a move to Germany, and I was asking my previous employer, who is German, lovely woman, her name is Alice, and... Um, I was asking, I was like, Alice, I need some advice. You know, um, I'm thinking I'm moving to Germany. Um, you know, can you tell me a little bit about Germany or whatever? I was like, oh, Ryan, I have not been in Germany for like 30 years. You're asking the wrong person. But <laughs> I um, I will say that, you know, it is, it is a good place. You should look at it. Uh, Eastern Germany is very good. Southern Germany uh, also very good. And I was like, okay, well, that's good. Do you have any advice for um, like uh, applying for a visa? I want to be able to move over there, but I want to make sure that, you know, I can do things like pay taxes and do things legally and stuff like that. And she's like, oh, Ryan, what's legal? You know, just go over, just do it. You know, don't think about it. Just do it. If you get arrested, get arrested. Go to jail. That's it's a good advice. experience. It's a great experience i can show you german jail is much better than anywhere in trinidad <laughs> and i was like oh my god i love you terrible advice but oh god it's just you know what i liked about it, it was the the very free mentality about it like don't True. worry so much just just do the thing you want to do which is very antithetical to the stereotype we often hear about yeah. german people that they're all very methodical and regimented yeah. and very structured i mean that they can be too but it's 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 just yeah, goes to show not yeah. one like nobody's a monolith yeah yeah and i mean it's time it's time to pull this cat out of the bag let's talk about that scene the shoes the shoes oh my goodness gracious i shoes. was I was very impressed with how they set up that moment Master so stroke. subtly because they kept showing her shoes for one way or another. I thought for no reason other than like, wow, cool shoes. Quentin Tarantino Neat. homages was, all over. <laughs> I mean, it was it was really there were good shots. It was a really I thought it was a very creative way to, to show it off. So I didn't think oh, yeah. anything of it. It wasn't even like a Chekhov's gun. Like, here's this shoe. This is gonna happen. Something's gonna happen with it. It was just like because everything else was so quirky. They're yeah. like, yeah, they're just showing exactly. their shoes. They're just showing yeah. their shoes. They were but... distinct enough though to where they you could pick them out Correct. of a crowd. Exactly. exactly. And we needed to do that. Like the, the smash the cut. The, the smash cut. To like him yeah, when he up just and stands. And he doesn't even notice it for a second, and you notice it. And you just yeah. you goosebumps. I just got goosebumps all over my body the first yeah. time. I was like. Um, and then, like, and then he tried he, to tie them. Yeah, he like he, he hugs her, yeah. and then he I'm like he looks up. I'm like, oh no, it's a fake out. And then he hugs her again. I'm like, motherfucker, no, it's yeah. not a fucking fake out. Of course in, not. In a bit of shock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause, yeah exactly. He was. He's like, oh no, and wait, tired. no, it's not. Yes, it is. Like I, that's that's how anyone would react yeah. in that situation. And yeah, god damn. Oh yeah, it was good. Yeah, 
It was really on really that well. note. You got to give a shout out to the main man right there, Roman Griffin Davis. Definitely. This kid, really this, good. I I hope this kid keeps going. Like if he doesn't, I understand. You know, child actors is 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 a hard business. But like, I hope he keeps going. He did a fantastic job in this movie. Totally, yeah, yeah. That scene was powerful, and it's actually really funny. I don't know if you guys have this tradition, um, but my parents been telling me this since I was a kid, and um, they picked up on it. So he follows a butterfly, right? Remember? Mm-hmm. Before he sees the body, and it's a emperor blue butterfly, blue emperor butterfly. And we have a saying in Trinidad, it's like when, souls of... when a relative dies, they come oh, back to you as yeah. a blue butterfly. Yep. Oh, so he, we... that was his mom, essentially. Oh. I don't know if that was what the director intended, but that's the yep. story. Still, I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah. He could so also... the fact that he follows a butterfly right to the mother's body. And then yeah. it's like... Almost like her saying, like, you need to see this. But what was cute about what was good about it is that um, we didn't, I didn't pick up on that symbolism right away because the butterfly was used in a different way in the story about butterflies in the stomach that you know you, you when, when you're in love you feel like there's butterflies in your stomach and they use that visual. yeah that was a fake out yeah the butterflies in the stomach is a fake out because it meant to think that he's following the butterfly he's thinking about the girl maybe yeah, yeah. So yeah. Enough. see i took a different uh interpretation of that because i was just laughing at Paige the whole time we saw it together oh, she poor is Paige. so afraid of butterflies she, ca- she can't even oh, see she can't even God. look at video footage of them so the whole time she's just like oh god and looking away and i'm like <laughs> you dummy and then you weren't laughing then i was not <laughs> laughing i no. cried yeah i cried as well and, it was too strong and you know what yeah. it's the power of not showing the grisliness of it yes keeping it very subtle so your imagination does the work for you. like yes like you follow his eyes up and you can only imagine what he's seeing and how that must affect him yeah. and then it's like it a lesser a lesser harder. filmmaker would have had a one shot on the body oh yeah like a, even a smash cut of it mm-hmm. to I'm, use liz's term I'm, I'm i'm just really glad that they didn't show her face because yeah. we didn't need to we don't no. need it yeah you don't need it's it. more effective like you said when it's left to the imagination Correct. and you have very little you have to draw your own conclusion Correct. and i think that was a really really great decision and there was something so, uh kind of subtle um but after the gestapo scene where he kind of feels invaded by his own you know club if you will he stopped wearing his uniform after that because mm-hmm. the, the, that very next scene is him in the marketplace and then following the butterfly finding his mother's body but he stopped wearing he's not wearing his uniform because he was wearing he's he'd been wearing his uniform through for every other scene except mm-hmm. for when he's in the hospital so he that's the first sign of his fanaticism breaking um is him not wearing that uniform he still wears the hat for a couple more scenes until the near the very end yeah it's like so, he was loosening up a little bit exactly so it's the kind of a, a visual way of showing that he his love for you know hitler the hitler youth is breaking and like and i'm sure like that was a big thing well like um, i was telling ryan that the very first sign of him losing that is him losing his knife to elsa the the jewish girl mm-hmm. so like that is the first sign of the breaking but it's a very small sign and then him not wearing the uniform anywhere anymore is a big sign and then him losing his hat is the final sign mm-hmm. i love the dynamic between jojo and elsa by the way that was yeah. so well done and so like it, it it was not it was playful but it was just combative enough to where you could tell like obviously these guys don't appreciate each other but it's they're still very enjoyable to watch. And they still acted like kids, which is yes. very difficult 
for I think writers who are grown people usually. You call Taika so, Watiti a grown person? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I guess, yeah. I mean, he's pretty playful enough that he can do it. Oh, yeah. But, you know, it's 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 a tricky thing writing for kids and having the energy feel like two kids, you know? Mm-hmm. And it did. Yeah, yeah it, it did. absolutely it did. They did. did a really good job with it. The other thing I like too is like, um, and this is another thing I'm reading in this book on crafting uh, stories and... Um, I'm reaching like the end of the book and one of the advice is like when you have your story pretty much done and you know when you're fine-tuning it think of uh themes as like seasonings so it's like if you have like comedies a seasoning dramas a seasoning horror is a seasoning uh action all these different things and see if you can insert just a little bit of something else into it as like a little spice that you know doesn't exist in the whole movie and i noticed that taika did it with the scene where he encounters elsa for the first time they played it like a horror mm-hmm. and that's the only time it's in the movie is it it's like a like a typical ghost story horror you know monster in the house kind of deal mm-hmm. you know and i was like i thought that was pretty nice like how they did the hand coming through the thing and then mm-hmm. the walking there like how she was toying with him like a ghoul would usually yeah and i thought that was that was really cool that dance this movie had everything like, it really did it had everything it had even a michael bay-esque ending all the explosions <laughs> and the gunfire <laughs> and stuff but, you know all, all the it while was done so in a humorous way yeah yeah it had everything Everything I think you could want in a movie. Really mm-hmm. good in there. And it was funny because uh, I was telling, uh, again, I, I've said this a few times, but I was telling Ryan that I actually watched a movie that was similar to this. It is not the exact same movie by any mo- means, but I watched a movie similar to this um, that was, whereas Jojo Rabbit is wartime Germany, this is a war-torn England and Britain and everything like that. Because like, I would say like the first two-thirds of the movie is them in Britain, you know, with like bombed buildings and like uh, rations and, you know, people like ducking for cover and stuff like that. Um, at one point they're like, he, he runs around with um, boys uh, like around his age and they go play in a bombed building. Um, and like they go into a store and like, they're like, everyone's like in a mad dash to get clothes and supplies and stuff like that because there's not that much. And it's um it and it was a coming of age story similar to this, but it, instead of it being like fanaticism, it's just this kid who's just like, okay, I'm kind of here, but you know he hits puberty around this time, and there's actually a funny scene where they convince one of the local girls to expose herself so they could see what's going on down there because they're ten, they've never seen that before. What movie is this? <laughs> Um, I actually me. found it. Uh, I was like, it, I don't remember this in Jojo Rabbit. It's no, it's not <laughs> no, in not Jojo, Jojo Rabbit. Rabbit. It's uh. a different movie. Um, it, but they like they basically like they they bribe her with like food or something like that, and they like stand in a in a line like good schoolboys, and they come up one at a time to to look at her general center, and then like they'll just like look and then walk off. They don't do anything else. They it's it's very clinical. And then, like, one boy, like, makes a comment, and she, like, smacks him upside the head. And it's hilarious. It's a very poignant and kind of wholesome scene, even though it's, you know, a young woman exposing herself to young boys. But it's just, like, it's... If you can call it that. <laughs> uh, okay. I don't want to comment on this. <laughs> oh, I can't. I haven't seen the movie. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> and but, without um... even a title to go off of, are you sure uh, you're not making it up? Hope and Glory. Hope and Glory. So what was your favorite part of Jojo Rabbit, Elizabeth? I don't, um, 
Because I was looking at you. I, I love doing this. I love watching movies that I've seen that I know other people haven't seen. Mm-hmm. I'd always look at them sneakily through the corner of my eye to see how they... Did it hit you the way it hit me? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you said you did the same thing when you showed your mom Game of Thrones, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I did was like... It's just it's just like a weird thing I like to do. Did it hit you the way it hit me? Yeah. And if you don't cry, saying you're a monster. <laughs> how could you not? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, let's go on. What do you got? Uh, let's see. You know, I think for me, the um, I think the best scene, honestly, was when he goes up to the room after the bombing has stopped and Elsa asks him through the wall, who won? And he lies to her. Ooh, yeah. That was says, a good one. That was a terrible Jeremy did. I'm me. sorry. Did. And I'm like, how? How are you going to redeem yourself? And Ooh. they build it up. With with the book well, I, and with can I getting stop you there, Liz? So yeah. wh- why why do you think he said that to her? Oh, because he wanted to keep her. But why? Because he loved her. You? He but, thought he but loved what's her. What's the deeper reason why? Like he just didn't want things to change. Well, he didn't he, want her to leave. He was he was alone. He yeah, had yeah. Nobody he else. Was, there was he, no one else there. She was the last yeah. person that he would have, and he was scared. Yeah. So that was that was the growth that I was waiting for as the yeah. character. Lying is is the imp with what what we want to do but it's a selfish thing overall i think it's a very natural thing for yeah, a child like, that age to lie because he's scared of something oh 100 yeah. percent. Like, yeah, yeah and if she leaves well, you know and even the nice thing is that he tells her before he, she even reveals that she doesn't have her fiance anymore mm. before it's even like oh well oh so you don't have anyone to go to okay now i'll tell you the truth he he comes clean pretty yeah. much immediately after he says it like no nah, it wasn't the right thing to say yeah. I, it was I who took the cookies from the cookie jar. <laughs> but it's, I don't know. I, lo- I love that he lied, though. I felt that was very human and so relatable. Because it's like, what would you do in that situation? You know, The same like, thing. Probably the, sh- the same thing. Yeah. And the shot is so well done, too. And that, you part, just... that part made me cry, too. Because mm-hmm. you look at his face and you could see it all in his eyes and all in his expression. It's like, yeah. if I tell you the truth, you're going to leave me. Yeah. You know, it's like, don't oh. go. Yeah. It's, at the end of the day, so he was good. a little kid who needed a family yeah like he he has no idea where his father is or if he's ever coming back his mother is gone and his sister is gone and like you know he has a friend but that's about it so besides elsa there's no one else and you know what i like too and it's something that i have trouble trying to remember trying to as a as a credo i guess when he was like don't worry about jojo he'll be okay that i'll be okay thing that's a really hard concept for me to grasp i don't know how you guys feel about it but it's just knowing like that inner confidence that no matter what happens you're gonna be okay and believing it to your core it's something i'm working on you know it's like yeah i'm gonna be okay like this sucks right now but i'll be okay i think anybody who says that is to a certain degree lying through their teeth because there's always a little bit of doubt and i think it could have i could have applied to the movie as Mm. well it's like he's saying it sure does he really believe it though Maybe he's just being strong. Yeah. Well, I think, yeah, well, a little bit of that, yeah. But I think he's, I don't know. It's like the strength of everything his mom taught him, I guess, coming through back. Because he did look at that picture book, and he saw the drawing of him and his mom riding the bike, and that's kind of like almost what gave him the courage to do it, you know, in mm-hmm. a way. So. I do want to throw one wrinkle into the works before we 
getting too far. Did we all advice. go through and say what our favorite yeah. scene was? Oh, Aaron. gosh. Just Aaron, like, what'd you got, Aaron? What's your favorite yeah. part? Yeah, like, uh, did you, uh, you said it, and <laughs> oh, then that was it. Excuse me, Sorry. princess. Go ahead. <laughs> all right, Aaron, what'd you got? Um, I I got to say, and this this was hard for me, but I got to say the last scene with Captain K. Ooh, yeah. That was um, one of mine, too. Because, you know, he, it showed that, like, he had, because um, it, it was pretty much proven that he had helped them beyond that. But, like, he basically, he laid his life down on the line and helped out uh, JoJo to survive. And it was, and he just, like, he basically was like, listen, everything's going to be okay. Don't worry. Don't worry. It's going to be okay. Now get out of here. Go on. Go. He just go. yanks the uniform and he off just yanks of it. it. Yeah, it's like. Got ahead, you. And. And and it's very apparent that he he did not survive, and it's just it's so he, heart wrenching. He knew that's what was going to happen. Oh yeah, yeah, and Jojo knew too. Like yeah. it was very apparent. Like, and he was wearing the Nazi uniform that was thrust upon him, and it's just like, oh my god! And like, I, I thought that's how it was going to end there for at least a, hey, a good minute. Hey kid, minutes. how you doing? Well, it's the end of the line. The party's over. <laughs> 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 Let me look at you here. All right, it was it was so good, and yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I, it, I just I appreciated that sacrifice, and it's just it is it hard to watch, but like I, it was so well done. And so. it, and you remember we spoke about Hollywood is all about give me the same thing but different. That scene is your typical. Go on, get out of here! Can't you see I don't want you no more? <laughs> that's that's very true. That's exactly what that scene is, and it's that's a powerful trope. It's such a strong trope, you know. Yeah. And, being able to do it over in a different way is always refreshing. You scruffy nerve herder. Get get the hell out of here. Don't you say I don't want you anymore? <laughs> Harry and the Hendersons taught us so much. <laughs> All right, Sam, what do you got for me? Favorite scene? Uh, the scenes you guys just mentioned are, of course, terrific. Um, I'm trying to avoid doing my usual thing and being like, well, I like this one, I like but I also like one this too. one. Yeah. I think definitively my favorite scene is the one where Jojo and his mom are at dinner. And... Um, she's drinking a little bit of wine. She's, you know, trying to relax oh. a little bit because she heard, like, you know, it's going in favor of the allies. So I think this might be over soon. Then things take a turn, and she, you know, she rubs the soot on her face to pretend to be JoJo's dad. Yeah. And it's like, oh, you want a dad? Here's what it'd be like. And she was kind of acting like an asshole, and you just kind of see in her face, like, she is trying so hard to keep it together and keep it light, but she sees, like, that her son is this fanatic now, and she's like, "What do I do about that?" And he's saying he wants his dad. Well, do you really? What? Do, like, uh, it, there were so many things going on, yeah, and so many layers to that. And she knocked it out of the park. I thought, yeah, it was a really good parenting moment. I think, yeah. And I'm not a parent, but I just I like to experience those nice parenting moments vicariously, so then I don't have to <laughs> change a diaper afterwards. And he's like, you know? yeah, yelled at the kid. Apologize. <laughs> Sorry, kid. <coughs> what was kind of apologize is that? <laughs> it was so great. Was like, so I really good. think she she earned that Oscar nomination. She got oh, nominated. I'm so glad to hear yeah, she, she got, got, she got nominated in nice. two categories this year. Best Supporting Actress and Best Lead Actress. Okay. What did she get what nominated for Best Lead Actress for? Marriage Story. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, I didn't see it either, but I heard good things. When but she yeah. went over to the soot to rub it on her face, I thought she was going to go grab something out of the fire to show that like he's actually helping them out. Like somehow, oh, some way, right. like like helping her situation out, or like helping what she does on the the back lines or whatever out. I thought that's what she was about to do. Like, you want your father? Here's your father, and like that's what I thought because it was showing that she was burning things. So mm. kind of a payoff for that. But 
that was still a really cool scene. Like that payoff didn't happen, but another payoff definitely happened. Yeah. And it makes you love her that much more in this movie. So when it's revealed that she's executed, it hurts that much more. God, yeah. yeah. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. That's, uh, there were many, but that's that's one that stands out in my mind. All right, Mr. Trinidad. Uh, you guys took all the good ones. <laughs> we spoke about, I think, not to like retread the scenes, because I loved all the scenes you guys just pulled up. Um, I don't know, man. I, I think like uh, excluding the, the execution scene, I, I think was probably my favorite scene because of how raw it was and how much it hit me because I actually loved that character so much. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this is the best mom ever. And it's like, oh, she's dead now. That's so terrible. But I think, I don't know, man. I think like hearing her, the moments with her and Jojo, I think were, were really nice. And um, mm-hmm. to touch on some of them with like the, tying the shoelaces together and just her being a quirky mom. And then mm-hmm. the whole with the thing when she winks and like, one eye. and i think the the accent just made it really more endearing you know speaking of that i had a question about that and i was wondering if it was more of a convenience thing or if it was intentional all the adults in this movie spoke with german accents all the kids spoke with their natural accents yeah i don't know if it's because like are we going to be able to teach a kid to convincingly use a german accent or was there a deep yeah i thought the Yorkie had a little bit of a like a German accent. He has a very British accent. Oh, he like oh Yorkie's accent is very British. Oh, I thought but, it kind of went in and out because he at sometimes like said it sounded German a, a couple points. But I mean, Sam Rockwell had a very non-German German accent there for a little while too. I think at a certain point, it's it's those little details and this type of movie. It's not mm-hmm. that important. It's more about like the story and the character. Yeah, the, the voice. That's eh. what I. That's what I assumed. Like what, it. Yeah, it, it didn't bother like, me. Yeah, you know, like if this was like one of those like historical like Schindler's type list type movie, it would pull me out of it. But because this is a very lighthearted comedy, like even Taika Waititi didn't really try that hard. His his New Zealand accent was still very strong <laughs> yeah. in there. Hey, what's going on, little man? Little <laughs> man. <laughs> uh, shit. Oh, um, the other cool thing I like to. Since the old guys took all my favorite scenes, I'm just gonna take my lesser scenes Sorry. and just pepper them in there. The uh, the scene where he says he basically fuck you, Hitler. Yes, <laughs> fuck off, Hitler. Yeah, when he comes in and he's like, and I thought I didn't catch it. I've seen this movie like three times, and when I watched it the third time with you guys, well, with Aaron at the end, with the um, he's like, put this on and pretend this never happened. And I was like, holy shit, that's. Like that's like is that a job at the Holocaust deniers essentially? You know, like mm, the, maybe we'll put this on and we'll pretend it never happened. That I think you're I, I think like, you're right. I was like, holy shit, that that is a good line. Yeah, I forgot that little detail. I saw the movie one time like a month yeah, ago, yeah, so yeah. I'm like I'm yeah, right, yeah, yeah. I'm digging deep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm uh, I'm wondering how they I mean, it was kind of interesting because the two interacted, but they never physically interacted until the very end when he threw the armband at him and he caught it and you could see it physically in his hands. So that was kind of weird for me from a directorial standpoint. It was kind of last minute thought process in a way, but like, cause he always offered him a cigarette and he's like, Oh, I, yeah. I, you can't Which keep offering really me this to me. I ain't 10. Um, but that, I'm sorry, I'm stressed. <laughs> um, that, that was kind of weird. Cause like they never did that until that point. Other than that, that I'm was all right with that. Yeah. Eh, it's yeah. a small thing. Didn't bother me. 
Yeah, I was, I was thinking about everything else except that. At Correct. That point. Yeah, at that point. Yeah, at that point. Yeah. Right. Yeah, there was there was a lot more going on, but I I have some weird uh, what I detail what I did like about it is like you know it's it's just like a I thought it was a really good portrayal of what it's like getting rid of a toxic belief that you held for a mm-hmm. while. Like I've had several belief systems that have just I'm not even talking religion. I'm just talking just in general that I have found in my experience not true and no longer serve me and it feels very much like that like okay well i don't need this story anymore it's not helpful and you just want to like kick it away just like he did with the same ferocity Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know it was a a good uh physical representation very cathartic of that mental decision get your head in the pussy (laughs) (laughs) so uh what advice uh we'll start with you ryan Uh, why do you always start with me i don't even know what the question is i'm getting anxiety So at the end of each episode, we like to offer some sort of advice that we gleaned from the movie that we just watched that could be applied to a person who wants to be part of a couple, who is part of a couple, who's part of a marriage, something that you can use as advice to how to be a better person for someone else. You're trying to get back to that name. Married to the idea. Hey, All right. Roll credits. I don't know if there's a lot of marriage advice in this movie, but I would say there was a lot of life advice. And I think the quote at the end by the poet who's featured in the movie was probably, that also probably made me tear up a little bit. I think it was uh, live your life, let good things happen to you, let bad things happen to you. And I can't remember what, I'm butchering it right now. But I'm going to look it up while yeah, you Yeah, you, you do that. You, do, you look that up. <laughs> And um, yeah, I just thought that was really good because I mean, it's like I'm trying to live a, a courageous life and it's hard making big changes and it's really scary because uh, I grew up thinking like, what if what if something goes wrong? What if something bad happens? And Go it's to like, the limits of your longing. So that's the, that's the poem. And the mm-hmm. line is, let everything happen to you. Beauty and terror. Just keep going. No feeling is final. Yes. Perfect that's yeah i love i don't know i love hearing messages like that everywhere in movies if you have a random sign on the street and stuff just like that a little reminder that you know it's just gonna be keep okay. swimming it's gonna be okay mm-hmm. and it's because as someone who like me i worried about the bad things happening and like will i be able to handle it just having those little like reminders and like this kid like like it's this this kid jojo like literally has like the worst things happening to him and he's still keeping it together in a way you know and it's like shit man i don't know how i would be if i had to deal with this kind of stuff you know so yeah but i like that quote that was a good quote um i'll go next and then aaron can go last sam your third in case you didn't get that from that lineup sure (laughs) uh for me i think the scene where we know that jojo has feelings for elsa and when he finally like comes out and admit it and he's like you know I love you and I, I know you love me as a brother and I'm cool with that. It's fine. Unless she's like, as a brother, like, okay, okay, well let's keep going on then. For, Unless. for me, that was like, um, of all the toxic traits that Jojo has to like shake off, that is one that either he learned already or has learned where it's, you can't keep this thing caged. You can't say you will love me because I love you. And then it's a two way street. 
And for me, he's not a hashtag nice guy. Exactly. (laughs) My lady. Like, I'm not going to help you now because you don't love me. Like in the beginning, it's like that. Like, oh, you have this fiance. Well, I'm going to write terrible letters from him that he left you and you're going to make you feel so bad that you'll fall in love with me. Uh, But he grows beyond that and realizes like how to be just a really good friend and how that is the most important thing. And that that is love. Not keeping something, not caging something, not saying you have to do what I want you to do. Okay. <laughs> what you got All right. Uh, it's really tough because I think the main relationships we saw in this movie revolved around Jojo. There was a relationship with his mom, his relationship with his friend, both real and imaginary, and then his relationship with Elsa. I think in all those situations, Jojo tried to take the lead and tried to take charge in a lot of ways because I think with his mom being single and his sister dying, he tried, He thought he had to be the man of the house and be a good Hitler youth so he can, like, you know, protect everybody and, like, you know, be good for the, for the fatherland. Um, with, uh, with Archie, I, I guess he didn't have the same kind of dynamic with him, but I guess he was just... At the beginning, he was saying, Archie, like, I'm Arch- going to... You're my second best friend. Archie, oh, Archie Hitler was, will be my first best Archie friend. Archie was there for levity, I think, yeah, based on what was going on. He's very much a comedic break character like oh let's just laugh at this cute little kid for two seconds and then get back into the serious stuff yeah and then with uh else with elsa he you know at first tried to keep her contained because it's like there's a jew living in my house but if everybody finds out then my mom's in trouble so i gotta i gotta keep her at bay and i gotta make sure she doesn't mess with me because they got mind control powers Um, and then there was, I guess you can't really count his relationship with imaginary Hitler. That was more like him rationalizing with himself mm-hmm. in his internal. Exactly, so yeah. I guess the relationship advice you could glean from that is, um, you don't always try to take control because oftentimes the control is not ours to take. So the sooner Jojo realized that and was able to let things go, whether that be his fanatic beliefs or his, his illusion of control, he was able to kind of be more self-actualized. I dig it, Sam. Mm, yeah, okay. Word. All right, Aaron, it's all on you. Come on, Aaron. A- you can't look up what other people said on... Well, I was, <laughs> I'm was. i trying to find the um, the the exact quote I'm looking for, but I'm, I don't know if I'm going to find it. Um, it's the part where Elsa and uh, Rosie are talking in the little hideaway, and she asks, uh, what does it mean to be a woman? Oh, yeah, I remember that. And I really liked it um, because um, it, it felt very like do anything, do everything kind of mentality. And with the um, the, the advice itself was just really kind of neat. Is, uh, uh, you know, is that what women do or is that what a woman does drinks wine well yeah you drink wine you drink champagne when you're sad you drink champagne when you're happy you take a lover you make them angry you look a tiger in the eye um you you know uh you go to morocco you yeah, yeah. uh you do you do all of these like different things you do anything and everything and then like uh and she's like and then, and then she like gets up to leave, and Elsa asks, um, "Well, have you done all of that?" She goes, "No, I haven't looked a tiger in the eye," and then walks out. Yeah. And it it was such a great little moment because like, it's like, 
is she telling the truth? Is she not telling the truth? Is this advice good? Is it not? But it's like, it's really like do anything and everything. Never try to say no. I mean, there's going to be moments when you have to, but like, yeah, go to that party or yeah, go into that. Yeah. I like that. It was ambiguous because it's like, we don't know that if she did any of those or all of those things, but she said it to give uh, Elsa hope and encourage her to keep fighting and keep going on to give her something to look forward to in a way. Um, but I like to think that she did more than her share of those things. Cause I feel like bringing up Morocco randomly. Yeah. I don't think it was around. I think she, you know, she's pulling from memory, you know, like it's, it's such yeah. a random place to pick from, you know? So she, I think she was pulling on a memory there. Maybe there we go. I found it. Um, I think you got them all. Like, you, you yeah, I, yeah I, I missed you remembered it pretty well. I I missed a couple. Was this, uh, I don't know anything about being a woman. Is that what it is? You do things like drink wine. Sure, you drink champagne if you're happy. Champagne if you're sad. You drive a car. Gamble if you want. Own diamonds. Learn to fire a gun. You travel to Morocco. Take up lovers and make them suffer. You look a tiger in the eye and trust without fear. That's what it trust is to be a woman. Without fear. I that yeah. That that's why I wanted to repeat the it. Biggest one. Yeah. Mm. That's hard to do though. That's. Well, yeah, and I think, you know, Aaron's going to be mad at me for bringing this up, but Louis C.K. spoke about this as well. He's like, you know, when you, um, he says he likes to see couples go out because it, he, he, it makes him, fills him with hope because there's courage still there because it takes a lot of courage for a man to walk up to a woman and be like, I like you, do you want to go out on a date or something? And that's his courage because everything in his head is saying, you fucking don't do this, just go home and jerk off. Just, just don't do this, man, it's going to be terrible. <laughs> and then if the girl says yes, that's her courage because statistically we are the worst things that ever happened to a woman <laughs> you know That's fair. so it's like That's the fair. fact that and, True. and True. the thing is, and it's beautiful because the continuation of our species is reliant on the woman saying yes <laughs> they well, have to be brave that hasn't stopped a lot of guys I mean, in the yeah. past I mean, if you want to get really like if you want to get into that i'm trying to, to keep it i'm this. trying to keep it romantic here i mean <laughs> 13 O's and a yes is a yes. No, Sean Connery. No. Just stop. But yeah, so. it's just, yeah. So I, I, that line resonated with me very much. Yeah. Trust. Can you say it again. What was it? Um, trust without fear. Trust without fear. And it's like, how do you do that? You trust them without fear. And uh, she's yeah. like, have you done all that? I haven't looked a tiger in the eye. And then, uh, and it, cause it, it does show again. Um, cause I think Jojo is looking at something on one wall and then she's looking at a tiger painting and she's oh, looking yeah, them in right, the yeah. eye. So I thought that was kind of a, a neat little payoff later on. So like live, you know, live your life, trust without fear, and be you brave, know, be brave. Yeah. So I thought that was a good piece of advice. So see, there was tons of advice in this, not all the advice. Yeah. Not specific, more so, like life advice. I would yeah. say rather Very than marriage. Poignant movie. Yes. Well, you can, if you're, you know, like us, you can just go, Trust your spouse without. Yeah, I guess without the different fear. different lenses you interpret it differently. So exactly, but that, yeah. that's a mark of a good movie, I think. Right? Yeah. Get everybody gets everybody gets something different from it, mm-hmm. and but we keep it's talking. It's not about wrong. It. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. That is right. Yeah. Well, I'm glad we got to bring so many viewpoints on for this one. Yeah, this was really awesome. Like I enjoyed. And doing you're this. welcome for. <laughs> Me suggesting this movie to be reviewed. Yeah, we asked Ryan before we even came on the show. I, was like, I hey. had a big think. I was like, "What <laughs> movie should I bring I, to these two?" Nubbers? I was so relieved to hear it was Jojo Rabbit too. I was because one, I've seen it, and two, I'm like, "Oh, I could talk about that thing for 
hours. That's what I said. And yeah. there's some where I'm like, I have no desire to watch that, nor do I have the time to cram it in before this episode. Like, so um, thank you, Ryan. Yeah, you're very welcome. I just had a friend recommend uh, the fanatic to me. Um, oh, Jesus Christ! The <laughs> new John Travolta movie. No. It's it's gonna be one of those. It's so bad, it's good. It's Hope so. Or it could bad. just be so bad, it's bad. It could be so bad, it's bad. bad. It's it's. Cats I, was so bad, it's bad. Yeah, cats was on that weird part of the bottom part of the parabola. See, I don't know who looked at the trailer for Cats and thought this is gonna be good. From oh. the first thing, I, from the first moment I saw it, I'm like, this is gonna be hot garbage. <laughs> People actually like the movie. People the, are idiots. I don't think the, so. It, no, I've read reviews. I've read reviews that have rated it eight, nine, it's and mostly ten eighth grade stars. theater nerds. No, it's adults. I don't. Uh. Yeah, most adults with the brains of eighth grade theater nerds. The play itself. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go on a tangent on cats real quick, <laughs> and you are gonna listen. Everyone listening is gonna listen to my following diatribe about cats, the musical. And diatribe. <laughs> go ahead. No, I'm actually interested. Go, go ahead. It is a dog shit musical. It is. With it's some terrible. decent songs, but there's no fucking plot. <laughs> Nothing ever makes sense, and the characters are completely unmotivated. What what like what goes through someone's head to think, let's make a musical. These cats are gonna argue about who gets to die and go to cat heaven. I'll tell you who. Drugs. <laughs> Probably. That's some drugged but, up but theater But that show writers. ran on Broadway for decades. People kept going to see because it. Because of the names attached to it. I to guess. the no, Andrew that's the Lloyd movie. Well, no, the Andrew no, Lloyd Webber. Yeah, yeah. For that, but like so after like, that, oh. it's like okay, we get it. But I feel like people brought their kids because it's pretty safe, and they're just like, oh, it's singing and dancing. It's the musical theater equivalent of jingling keys. Oh in front my of a god, baby. they're having a there's, cat orgy. There's nothing substantive about that fucking show. Right, the everybody. fact that they made a movie out of it is just a cash grab, and the fact that they thought they could make it better somehow with creepy CGI and mocap. Just goes to show that nothing is sacred. If you would like to hear what's... All right, son, calm your jellicles, please. Uh, (laughs) Get the fuck out of my studio, bitch! (laughs) Calm your memories. Calm your giant jellicles. If you would like to hear what Sam said expanded for over an hour and a half, you can listen to our Cats episode. I want it. I actually like. I kind of wish we had Sam on it now. That would have been awesome just to hear him rant and rave. That would have been great. You know, I got to admit, with me planning this wedding and everything, I fell behind on your episodes. I didn't know you reviewed cats, oh, but we I, did. it was our first episode of the new season. Yeah, oh, it was. Goodness. It yeah. start out strong. God, it was terrible. And we watched the un like either we watched uh, version two, and there's a third version now. Or we watch the unedited version where we could still see rings and oh yeah the snot bubbles. I, honestly, and I wish I, I I started watching and I still turn it off, but I think I saw a doctored or the fixed version of it because I was looking at it and I was like, it's bad, but I mean it's not as bad as I thought it would be. And then I saw like a clip of the unfixed up version. I was like, okay, this is the one I kind of want to watch because it's so. When bad. your director is working on it 24 hours before it's to be released on his home computer trying to fix it, I think you done goof. Yeah. Yeah. Done Why was Jason goof. Derulo in that? Jason Derulo. Jesus Christ. Talk about like pandering cast castings, you know. When you have... Who's Jason the, Derulo again? Sorry. He's the like, singer. singer. He's a singer. Yeah, he, he's famous for saying his name. And, and I mean, why music. do you have Jennifer Jason Hudson in Derulo. anything? Yeah. But when you have Ian... When you have Ian McKellen and oh, he boy, is like... Ian McKellen. Like, he looks like what the cat dragged in, pun intended. It... 
He was, was the just, best you, one. That was just a paycheck for him. He didn't care. I think so. Yeah, he, was, he acted the I'm, best. I'm, I'm going to feel bad for Ian McKellen, the amount of CG shit this kid is in. <laughs> this guy is, and he's like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it can't be worse than the Hobbit. Oh breaking my God. His heart. There's Poor a new guy. low. There's a new. There's a new floor. <laughs> and Christ. There's a there's a a film theory. I don't know if either of you have heard of the <laughs> the YouTube channel yeah, 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 of right. film theory. There's a film theory about that uh, cats the the Mistoffelee or not the Jellicle cats are a cult. Is, is actually a cult. Highly highly recommend it because sure, I think a movie this abstract and stupid probably has a lot of film <laughs> theories about it. You can, you can make as much sense out of it as you can. Yeah. Sure. That's the human mind trying to find sense yeah, in everything. Yeah, trying to make sense. That's why, yeah, like you told me yeah. this. That's why we find faces in clouds. That's yeah, why that's... conspiracy theories are so popular. Like where there's no meaning or no order. Correct. We don't like that. We don't. Our there brains has to be a don't like it. Our brains want to make sense of everything. Yeah. There must be order and there must be rules. Yeah, that's just, just human nature. Just let it go. Let it be. Tangled was better. So, anyways, <laughs> that was our reviews of Jojo Rabbit. Yeah, we Fantastic all. Fantastic movie. I give it. Oh, we don't do the rating system anymore. You five can use... stars. You can't do it. No, numbers aren't allowed. Five oh, stars. God, it begins again. <laughs> numbers are inconsequential. <laughs> I give it 12 pairs of red shoes. I give it one of Ooh. these. A little bit of just. <laughs> You can't hear. And He's doing jazz. Easy seven like it bananas <laughs> out of six coconuts. Jesus. That's On a, a good scale of one right to there. ten, I liked it this much. Good hand gesture, Sam. <laughs> I'm so glad that this audio format, there was a visual part of that. I yep. That was intense. Listeners love that. They yeah. do. They really do. Absolutely. We want to thank again Ryan James and Sam <laughs> from Sam and Paige. And we also want to thank Paige who just poked her head in. <laughs> I really hope that that's the it, woman I married. Yes, I really hope you could hear that. Like we might have to like make it's sure there. that it was. Was away. she doing a Kanye West? <laughs> yes, she did. Yeah, that was great. She has Kanye wasted all over this. That's why I married her. Oh, <laughs> it's so sweet. She married Ain't her because she's cute. a female me. But it's wrong. <laughs> Not really. So. Uh yes, guys. Thank you so much for being on our show and producing it. And we're definitely giving you a produ. Oh, uh, yeah, we're, yeah. We're definitely gonna give you a producer credit. Like, oh, thank you. I I don't know how else to like thank you. I think uh, that's it. Like, cause we don't do that little blurb at the end like you guys do. So I think we'll we'll maybe like it's fine. Well, at, at the end when we do our little thing, we'll actually say at the end that it was produced by you. So. Um, but again, thank you guys for being on our show. It was fun. Thank you for it having me. Fun. I'm honored I to like have been more. on this podcast twice now. Mm-hmm. I think you share the record with John. No, Jonathan's been on it thrice. Okay. You I've got, got time. I've got some work to do. Oh, yeah. Oh, and, and now that I have some great new equipment, thanks to you, Sam, we mm. can actually possibly do this a little bit better mm-hmm. and you know across the the 300 miles and everything i'm Ooh, looking boy. i'm so excited i'm so excited to actually have good equipment mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm so. excited for you it's it really does change the game oh god yeah i'm like I'm sitting here listening to ourselves doing this i'm like this sounds so nice and ours sounds so terrible <laughs> as ever we are professionals yeah totally professionals totally. as we talk about cats <laughs> Dog shit. <laughs> I had Sorry, a great time shit. too. This was fun. I've never done one of these before. Pretty cool. Pretty nice. I love nothing more than talking about good movies uh, with 
good friends. Aww. Oh, gay, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, isn't that sweet? He's so stupid. <laughs> so uh, we'll try to wrap this up then. So um, hopefully we'll be doing another episode in February. If we don't, um, we're, we apologize. February has been the absolutely... The month of love was so short. It was one episode I got to pick and then no moss. But well, it's a leap year. You got extra time. Oh, sure. Yeah. Oh, is Tons it, is it a leap year this year? Okay. But yeah, we um this this we have basically told our friends and family that we are not having plans with already. We're like, hey, we're not going to see you till March. So <laughs> goodbye. Deuces. We'll be gone. Um, but uh, thank you guys so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Uh, we'll see you guys next time. Until then, she's been Elizabeth. He's been Aaron, and, and we're, we're married, married to, to the, the idea. idea. I'm Ryan, and I'm Sam, <laughs> and, and I'm not here. married to him. No, no, yeah. And this episode was produced by Sam Kalora and edited by Elizabeth Hines and narrated by Aaron Hines. Ryan was just there to be a guest candy. starring Ryan James. Yes. 